podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. F1 is back with brand new cars, immediately better racing, the end of Mercedes power dominance, the rise of Ferrari power dominance, and the disaster for Honda reliability. Daniel Ricciardo has the worst time out in recent memory in his new MCL 36. K-Mag is back and racy, and so is Hulkenberg. So it's probably 2017 or it's 2022, no one can tell. G'day there, my name is James Baldwin, and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we're reviewing the Bahrain Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friends and yours. It's Tommy T. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. G'day, Freya. And Freya is joining us. Hello, welcome. Thank you. I had some corrections to make off um, last time, <laughs> by the way. We'll get to Just that. Straight out, then, of uh... straight out of it. Straight out of it. No, no, go, please. Just... Please, mm. uh, please immediately correct so me. What is this? What is this business about me? Apparently, wanting Red Bull to win constructors, and yeah, don't mm. know where any of that came from. So I got that email, didn't you, James? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it's very, it was very interesting timing. It was very Freya, aggressive that you're bringing this up now uh, after Red Bull have completely binned it. <laughs> oh no, I never not. supported them. <laughs> it was, it's all a lie. It's not on record. Uh, okay, Honestly, well then, please. For all of our fans' perspective, please correct me immediately uh, and uh, please lay out your predictions after the first race. It's <laughs> <laughs> all part of the master plan, the master plan. Yeah, it's plan. going well. Um, mm. uh, so I believe, from memory, you said I would want Verstappen to win championship yes. mm-hmm. Red Bull Constructors and then see some mm. sort of um, podium along the lines of Alonso, DR and Vettel, which is not necessarily mm. untrue. That would be a podium we'd all love to see. However, if one was actually <laughs> asking for my opinions, thanks for doing that, by the way. Um, mm, you're welcome. <laughs> Verstapp- do I want Verstappen to win the championship and do I think he can? <laughs> and I will go back to my note prior to this weekend. Yes, <laughs> sure, okay. Yep. <laughs> but also I would have said Ferrari constructors and then I want to see a podium of DR, Carlos and Yuki. Yuki? I like it. Interesting mm-hmm. vibe. Any particular Time reason for Yuki? Um, well, I think if he doesn't this year, then he's probably not going to have a seat. So that's why and I, kind of, yeah. I want him to be successful. But fast forward to right now and he's the only Honda Power Unit car to finish. So uh, actually it's everyone else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't driving standing. the pants off it and that's meant it's <laughs> success and lasting through the race. Well, there's plenty to catch up on, but before we get into all of that, uh, we are, of course, missing Thomas J. Camp and Dave Munnis as well as part of our crew. And I wanted to give you guys a bit of an update as to how this is working for this year. Lakeside Drive is going back to one episode a week. It'll either be a preview podcast, a review podcast, team radio, which is an Ask Us Anything kind of affair, an interview podcast or something a little bit different. We're not quite sure yet what that looks like, but there is plenty of content to come. And yes, Freya and Manus have joined us full time, which is exciting. So there will be a rotation of all of us through the roster. And that also means Thomas J. Camp can step down for a couple of races because it was his wedding on the weekend, which I got to go to. It was very inconsiderate, by the way, of him to get married on a Formula One weekend, including (laughs) the fact that it is the worst timed F1 race in Australia. (laughs) 
that he could have done that for. So, mate, like hope you're having a great time. I'm sure you'll be listening to this podcast. And to everyone at the wedding who came up to say hello uh, to me as well, great to meet you too. Thank you for the family to support the podcast. That's always very, very important. But, of course, guys, the other thing that happened was Drive to Survive came out. And, uh, Freya, you absolutely nailed the timing, apparently, uh, finishing the final episode just before, uh, was it practice on Friday? Uh, yeah, so finished that. Must have been it was Friday night my time. So like I barely slept on Friday night. I was so excited for qualifying after watching um, it. Just re-experiencing all of the motions from the last race last year. Um, definitely a big G up for for this season. Tommy T, you and I punished ourselves stupidly last year creating content that no one's watched. That's so dumb. <laughs> That's so dumb. For uh, for the last season, we went through episode by episode. If you want to watch us punishing ourselves, you can Ugh. head to our YouTube channel and check it out over there. But uh, for you, mate, obviously it's it was an interesting season overall and there was a lot of anticipation for the Netflix element of what Drive to Survive was going to be. But yep. what is your overview thoughts of it? I don't know. I feel like I was kind of let down. I think we hyped it up so much in our heads about how good the season was. So the Drive to Survive season was going to be epic, surely. I think we forget how hard it would actually be to capture all of that like footage and storylines, every single race for every single team. So they end up kind of pigeonholing in a story where it doesn't quite fit or the timeline was a bit shaky this season. I felt they were back and forward and it was a bit all over the shop, but there was so much happening. So it was kind of hard not to. Um, I think probably the strongest stuff was seeing maybe like the two rookies and seeing Yuki in his episode and those kind of things. The stuff, the big like blow up stuff that we saw all of that anyway. I don't think we got anything illuminating like that much I think all of it was kind of captured quite well it was more the behind the scenes stuff and we got to meet people like the rookies and see all those that's what I think Drive Survive is good at less so much just kind of re-dramatizing the stuff that we've already seen on track and uh, I think that's what they should focus on um, because that's that was definitely the strongest stuff for me this year yeah, well, there was certainly some interesting characterizations. We said last year, didn't we, that Gunter just disappeared from the Sky broadcast. Yeah. Turns out it's because all he was doing was exclusively talking to box-to-box films and the Netflix production, which I'm not unhappy about now, certainly now, with uh, seeing how they're mm. going. Hopefully there was a camera around for his big smiling face this time around. But Freya, he, uh, he was so put off by having to deal with those two drivers that he decided climbing the side of a mountain was a good idea for a relaxing <laughs> summer break. Yeah, hanging out on a, on a mountain is obviously a better option than Mazepin by the looks of things. So <laughs> tell, me, tell me about where you'd rather be. Yes. Um, no, it was, good to, it was good to see actually to get some footage because, he, yeah, he was good, just gone last season. Um, so it's interesting to see how he's spending his time. But I agree with Tommy. I think it was really interesting. Um, I was chatting to a few people about it as well, actually, and they were kind of saying how much they loved hearing about those midfield teams um, because, of course, you hear nothing about them during the season. Mm. Um, and, of course, and then when kind of went back to the Red Bull Merck focus for the end of the season, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, no, we've seen all this before. Like the interesting Mm. stuff is in the storytelling of the midfield, which we don't hear much about otherwise. Yeah, it's a really good point. And, of course, one of the bigger maybe made-up dramas, although we spoke about a lot of it, didn't we, was the McLaren boys in Daniel and Lando. But it's funny now watching that and then seeing the car launch of the MCL 36 and a lot of the McLaren content for this year is just, you know, the opposite, isn't it, of, of that uh, right now, which is which is good to see. Um, 
What I found really interesting, and I think more apart from Will Buxton, uh, not really saying anything and having epically dramatic pauses, uh, Jenny Dow mm-hmm. Gow did a, a great job, of course, but Christian Horner bloody loves it, doesn't he? This is, he, does. he is trying to make it the Christian Horner show featuring Formula One in terms of his input, but it was really played up, I think, the end between obviously Toto and Christian. Um, and it was kind of interesting at least to see a little bit more of behind the scenes. So we didn't have the Netflix angle, did we, of Toto in the garage of the last couple of laps, um, as DR said, I think on mm. some um, some McLaren content this year, you'd hate to be a pair of Bose headphones <laughs> around <laughs> Toto any time in that sort of period. But for, for you guys, though, do you think it is a little too much, though, for, for these team principals really to be taking such a main line? Tommy T, we'll start with you. Uh I mean, Christian Horner gives good content though. So they kind of know what they're doing. They're just tapping into a fountain of content with Christian. And I mean, he was some of the highlights of that series, like him being over the top, him randomly walking through a field and like with his (laughs) wife and just talking, bringing up really poignant things. This is not set up at all. Mm. I just love the staged aspect of that. I think we should do like interviews like scuba diving and like (laughs) rappelling off cliffs and stuff. Let's let's see if we can outbox box them uh, and do some most random obscure interviews that are really just like casual. Yeah, I'm here for that. Uh, But I get it. I get it. No, I think like you have to, you have to tap in. I think, um, uh, I'm forgetting her first name. Uh, Wolf's partner, Susie. Um, Susie. Susie. She was excellent. I thought she she was brilliant. Was really illuminating to kind of a bit more understanding Toto uh, as well, and the the way that the team functions. So I think you do need that kind of aspect because they are so professional and they do give an overarching view. Whereas the drivers just care about going fast mm. and their own kind of stuff. They don't really care about the politics and all the other aspects. They're just like, how do I go faster? Whereas you get the whole picture looking at the team principals and those professionals in the sport. Freya, we, we could tell when Toto was being interviewed after the final race because he went from being Toto Wolf to a Bond villain <laughs> immediately with his turtleneck. He was. Black <laughs> and turtle everybody has a targets on their backs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Oh, good to know. I thought it was quite interesting. Like they, they completely villainised, is that a word? Villainised. Um, sure. Uh, Toto. Um at the, at the end of um, that last race and even with his kit, I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, again, the stage side of things is just amazing. I, this is controversial maybe, but from a, like with Horner, I actually reckon they managed to soften him up a bit. Um, Ooh, yeah. Throughout the season, the way they've shown it, just in terms of, um, I don't know, they had their hectic intro and then they cut to this calm English countryside and it was a lot about him and the dogs and the kids and the horses and his wife and all of that stuff. And I think, um, yeah, they've, they've actually managed to soften him up a little bit, which was certainly not how he'd been presented in the seasons previously. So, um, and then Toto has kind of come across the other way almost. So it'd be interesting to see if people's thoughts on them have changed after that. And, of course, if you haven't watched Drive to Survive, find it on Netflix. Uh, look, I really enjoyed it. It was absolutely, as you said, Freya, a good G up for what was the race at Bahrain. Uh, let's start talking about some F1 properly, uh, and it's time for at least my favourite, and now as a result, your favourite Freya part of the podcast is Tommy T's television broadcast review. TT first of the season, and tell me your thoughts on watching the race live, please. 
can you pick a new time zone, you stupid idiots? <laughs> why are we watching this at a ridiculous hour? I don't get it. It's mm. such a stupid time. Anyway, uh, so really I watch qualifying and then I watch the race because I'm not getting up for any of the other stuff. Fair I'm enough to. Watching the pre-race. I watch a little bit of the post-qualifying and post-race. That's kind of all I can do. Because, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting up any earlier than I have to. <laughs> um, but Nothing we, has changed in 2022. I want to continue. Yeah. That's it. Like, you get what you get. Um, <laughs> we've got a couple of points, though, because James has helped me out because he's a great You're guy. Mm. Uh, and he's written my notes for me, as a mm. great producer would. <laughs> we've got some new graphics this year. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan. Yeah. They do look good. Mm. A bit more kind of like subtle, less... I don't know, hardcore video game and a bit more kind of like stealth. I think it looked good. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, what happened today with no life positioning in the middle of the race? Something. Yeah, that's what I was, I was like, I'm glad, like, good on you for having all of your new graphics and everything else, but get the basics right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see some timing, please, if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the main thing we need, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple yeah. of laps there um, where there was just nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing was really happening, so it didn't really matter in the middle of there. <laughs> but we will get to that later. Uh, I like that we've got lots more cameras uh, in helmets. That's a great point. Um, that some of those views, like we got to see, I think they were showing a lot of Joe uh, this race. He had some epic shots coming through with the lights. It, it's just such a good point of view to see what the driver actually sees, and I think that's really, really such a great angle we can have. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then we did have some cutaways harking oh. back to that that great Monaco meme that it is now. Yeah, just a, just just a great time. We just moved to something irrelevant. Something. I think irrelevant. we're going to get a lot of that. That is live TV, obviously. Like it's hard to know exactly what we should be looking at, but cutting away from good stuff to uselessness seems to be quite a trend in F one, doesn't it? Yeah, they're very, very good at it. Okay, well, what is your initial score? First out of the, the box for the season is what out it of 10? can't 10? be higher than a three. Not higher it's than a three. three. It's such a stupid time. <laughs> Setting it's, the bar I'm going incredibly harsh low. Yeah, we're going we're low. Really high. You, uh, you've got to be 11. You've got to be 11 p.m. <laughs> Australian time or you've got to be like 6 a.m. I love that your that your can... first judgment point is something that we just absolutely have no control over. Whatsoever. It's if it's a shit time here. Earlier. No, it's this no is good the UK's anyone. fault. It's the UK's fault because they schedule all around being like what a two p.m. in the afternoon on a Sunday time, oh, yes. whatever it ends up being. Yes, insert any kind just of kick it a bit later, Sunday kick it a bit lunch. earlier. Like why not? That's it. <laughs> Let's well, just look, change that up. There's there's obviously a lot of room for improvement going forward. The good news is at least the third race is in exactly our time zone because it is in Australia. Can't believe that's actually happening. We get yes. to uh, experience that in person. That'll be fun. I still uh, don't course, believe it. The National Anthem and Flyover is a campy thing, uh, so I will leave that for the time being. But, uh, guys, there is... Uh, some some news, I suppose, before we get into talking exactly about the Grand Prix itself. Um, Bahrain testing, Freya, DR out with COVID. McLaren looked incredibly good, didn't they, in Barcelona? Uh, were maybe some upgrades that were brought, but uh, absolutely no good from a, a brake cooling point of view of the front. They had really struggled with that. Lando had to carry all of that work, but even though that happened, he still finished behind Daniel uh, in the actual race itself. But this is no good for McLaren at all, is it? 
It's not. I mean, I couldn't tell you how good they looked in Barcelona because we don't get to see it. But um, what we learned <laughs> afterwards in terms of um, yeah, just you know the pace that they kind of reported on seems to be okay. And then obviously they were having their brake issues, and I get nervous when you have a driver out during testing for such a significant period of time because I don't think it generally bodes well for them. Yeah. Just generally speaking, during the season, just in terms of that time in the car. Um, and yeah, although, as you said today, didn't seem to have that much of an effect on their, on their two drivers, but what we saw today doesn't get me excited about, um, about McLaren season, Mm. unfortunately. No, it's, uh, it's a very bad, not good time. And what's probably worse of all is that there was so much buzz, wasn't there, Tommy T, about how good they were looking after Barcelona articles from the race and, and others sort of saying that they didn't, weren't suffering from poor poisoning. They had it all together. They were looking quick. But, of course, for this track, and Lando came out to say it after quality, this track doesn't suit McLaren, uh, which is not a good thing to hear. I mean, this is very much DR and Renault 2019, you know, five out of the, the rest of the tracks are Renault tracks and everything else is not so good. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of what it's it's uh, sounding like, isn't it? I mean, did they go well in Barcelona? We never got to see it. So I think, I think everyone's just con- colluded together and just said that. Because we didn't actually get to see any of it, Um, but yeah, it's it's not it's not looking good, is it? I think I think you're spot on. I think this is going to be one of those track dependent cars at this stage until they can figure it out. I wonder if it's going to be they're going to need to figure out that brake issue, and then everything kind of comes back together. Um, And it was just one of those times. Dr. Not in the car is a massive issue. Like Freya said, I think that's such an important time to kind of just try lots of things, see what sticks, and he just missed out on all of that. Then you've probably got Lando being fatigued, having to do so much more of the driving. Mm. So it's not a great start either. Like it's it's probably the worst way you could start um, the season really with your driver lineup going that poorly in their preparations. Yeah. Well, McLaren Indy looking a lot better. I think they took pole over the weekend. So uh, if you're a McLaren fan, look over that direction. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mercedes no pods, which is which is hilarious when that happened. The significant change in design from Barcelona to Bahrain. I mean, this is just epic, isn't it? Mercedes trying to get as much as possible out of it. Freya, there was uh, some kind of rumblings that our mate Christian would start going, oh, that's not within the spirit of the rules, but there wasn't. He was like, yep, looks fine to me. Let's uh, let's see how it plays on. Uh, but it kind of set them on the back foot a little bit, didn't it? Or at least it felt that way. It did send that way. It was like it was to see such a drastically different car was, yeah, I mean, that certainly took me by surprise. And Christian, yeah, I mean, to be fair, initially he did apparently say, um, oh, you know, that's illegal, da, da, da. I think it was his mirrors, their mirrors maybe, um, but then came back and said, actually, <laughs> oh, actually, no, that's fine. Okay, right, Christian, <laughs> gymnastics over there. But, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting to see Merck start of the season, um, not not that powerhouse that um, that we're used to, which is, you know, it's good when it comes to seeing mix up and and having such unpredictable results as well. I think, you know, I think everyone does get a bit tired of going into each race going, oh, yeah, which of the two will you select? as to who's going to be up this weekend. Hmm. It's really exciting to say who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and one of the things I think that we can all sort of check ourselves on is that Mercedes weren't actually sandbagging, which we're just not used to at all. I think we have to go back to 2018 to find the last time Lewis Hamilton was positive about the season in testing. Um, up until that point, in the last couple of years, he was like, oh, no, we're nowhere. And then, of course, would come out of the gate and absolutely smash it. But for this time, not 
so good. The team, though, that seemed to have consistency between both tests with Ferrari, and if you haven't listened to Carlos Sainz's interview on uh, Beyond the Grid, go and do that because it is very, very, very good. Uh, he is an absolute legend, and I genuinely hope that he wins the World Drivers' Championship this year. But they were really happy with the design. Tommy T, we spoke about how good the car looks uh, the fact that they had some consistency, they didn't bring major upgrades to Bahrain, unlike every other yep. team that did, just meant that the last couple of years where they, yes, they have been struggling a little bit for that pace means that they've been focusing in the right spot, which is for, for mm-hmm. this year. And that is absolutely proven up and down the grid when it comes to the Ferrari power units. We've seen, of course, Alfa Romeo and Haas. Haas. Yep. Fifth. Yep. Anyway, uh, just incredible stuff. Um, yep. for, for you, though, this is this is the rise of Ferrari, isn't it? It is, and it, it's gone this way, and we could see this happening, that maybe Merck and Red Bull were going to focus on this one year, this outlier year, trying to get that one last championship with old regulations instead of putting all their eggs, which is what Ferrari's done, into this new regulations, which is going to last for, I don't even know what it's scheduled for, I think eight plus years, uh, which seems like the good play now, doesn't it, when Ferrari mm. is looking this, this much further ahead. Um, instead of focusing on that short term like the other two manufacturers did. But we're one race in, let's not overreact. I mean, it's a podcast, let's overreact. <laughs> what? A bit, that's, that's, what <laughs> uh, that's what I was going to say. Like, like, it's such it's a definitely long looking season. like they made that long-term decision. Yeah, yeah. it and is a long same, season, Freya. You're absolutely right. It's the same for McLaren as well. Like, obviously, we're all pretty down after this morning, but, um, you know, race one, we've got a lot to go. You don't want to... Write them off too quickly. The other thing that came out in the last couple of days is the FIA have released a report that uh, only presents more questions than answers. The uh, top line is that it's <laughs> human error is the cause for what happened at Abu Dhabi. Uh, oh, anyway, I have encourage you to n- not read it <laughs> because it sounds like so an absolute right. waste of time. Uh, and the other thing that's changed for this year is the tyre rules uh, going into the beginning of the race. Free choice for everyone. Uh, it's interesting. Martin Brundle sort of questioned it, going, not really sure why that makes any sense at all. But it is, it has happened. Uh, and of course, we saw everyone start on softs except McLaren, and that didn't work out very well for them. Tommy T, do you think that uh, aids maybe those sort of in that ninth and tenth position, which have always struggled, haven't yep. they, in terms of trying to get through? You think of, you know, George Russell in his Williams days. For sure. Uh, it, it, it's going to make better racing. Go through. If you have to go through the start, the first stint on used tyres because you are punished for qualifying, say, 6th to 10th, whereas the guys in 11th and 12th get to have whatever they want and ideal strategy, that doesn't seem like a reward for qualifying faster to me. That It sounded like a disadvantage. Those guys in 9th and 10th were routinely, and we, I think in like our second season, I did some like looking into it and it was consistently 11th and 12th would always finish further uh, up the grid than they the ninth and tenth starting places. It, it was just always was happening, and it's just one of those things that just didn't actually give you an advantage. So you're like, oh, do I get through Q3 or do I just like get eleventh and just sit here and have the perfect strategy going into the race? So I think it actually is more even. Everyone's starting on that, and it's your reward for qualifying is you get to start in front. You don't need another mm. a punishment for that. I think that's it was a bizarre thing to start with. I like that it was com- trying to keep it more competitive, but it was actually too much of an advantage for not being fast enough to get into the top 10. Yeah, what do you think, Freya? Uh, I kind of agree. Um, I can see the point in terms of saying who does this really help and it's a 
you know, just a small section of the field really. But I think overall it didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense in terms of, yeah, what the pros and cons are. And it's also when you get people start playing with where they actually want to finish in quality, you know, you can say, well, am I, be- am I better off sitting mm. in 11th um, so that I have that free tyre choice, whereas this you kind of you're going to lose that element of, of any joking around, which I don't think you necessarily saw a lot of. But, um, yeah, I think it simplifies it as well. Fine. Yeah. The the greatest thing I think that has happened though before we got actually into F1 cars on track properly and it's not great because Seb got COVID but it's hulking back 2022. Uh, incredible, incredible scenes that he was in bed when he received the call from Aston Martin and he had to get on a plane and then get into a car that he'd had absolutely no running in whatsoever uh, and did very well in qualify. He out-qualified Danny Rick. Uh, 17th and DR in, in 18th. But it is very, very 2017, as I said at the start, Tommy T, of seeing Kevin Magnussen <laughs> and Hulkenberg yep. back around yep. here. It's a feeling like this kind Alonso. of energy that's, that's shifting towards the front. Uh, of course, Hulk, unfortunately, being right down the very back of the grid. The Aston Martin just not looking as strong this year. But we love to see it, don't we, these older drivers coming in rather than the newer talent being promoted up. Well, you definitely do. You hate yes. young drivers. Yes, you do. This is a consistency <laughs> that we have. Hates so, young people. Whenever we can have speaking. old guys in. Yeah, he hates the young people. More boomers <laughs> in cars is what James wants. Youth of today, watch out. James is, <laughs> James is on your case. Yes, yeah, so that I don't should have be like, our next merch. I don't have my hat <laughs> on backwards, only. Freya, to, to understand what the youth do. I can tell you all about what the youth do, mate. Oh, yes, you can, yes. What is up, fellow young young people? Mm. Yeah, so it's, uh, there's just nowhere to go from there. Let's talk about quality. I love it. Uh, Because this was right out of the bag, Ferrari's Ferrari's game, Charlotte Leclerc in first and Carlos Sainz in third. It is a three-horse race at this point in terms of who's going to be up the front with the very clear, faster cars being the Ferrari and the Red Bull. Mercedes not there yet, although, as you said, it's only the first race, so probably plenty more power upgrades and uh, aero upgrades to come. But for the championship, though, this is great, right? I mean, it's almost as much as people would want Max to have back-to-backs, it'd be great to have a different champion straight away after the previous championship. And look, Max has got heaps of, as, as I said, 2028 is when his contract expires with Red Bull. There's plenty of other time to do that. But qualifying, uh, Tommy T, it was good to see cars back on track properly doing some proper lap times. They just look yep. so bloody good, don't they? Yeah. I mean, and they do look good with the lights. This track is always good for watching cars. I don't know if it has the best racing, but it is nice to watch them. It's one of those ones where the drivers really enjoy it, but it's maybe not the best racing, but qualifying was excellent. Uh, you're spot on. I think there's, I think there's two teams and I think it's surely uh, just Hamilton being excellent that that car was where it was in qualifying. I don't think it's actually the car's performance. He just wrung its neck and got it to where it needed to be. Um, I think it was really impressive to see Bottas. I think that was the highlight <laughs> for me. Um, to see him out qualifying the guy that replaced him. <laughs> yep. It's just the best. See, the he best can thing. say what's going on, fellow young people, oh. from ahead. Yes. <laughs> and no, another old guy just giving it to him. 
Mm-hmm. You just must be stoked it. about Why that. Why say old guy because it's like same age? <laughs> like, <come laughs> That's what I mean. The boomer races. I feel like I'm like good. <laughs> good. Uh, but what? Who is it? Who is a standout surprise for you, Tommy T? I mean, the correct answer is obviously Magnuson in seventh. So the Haas is a complete shift from last year. Ties in what you yep. were saying about the eggs in the basket, doesn't it? In terms of totally focusing on 2022. Totally. Yep. That hot desk they had at Ferrari has really been working out, yeah. and they are. <laughs> Just they're off to off to a great start, and we knew that this was what was going to happen, and they hinted to it um, all season long. And when we did get to see Gunter, that's what he was saying: was like, we know we just have to get through this season. Like, we know we're not competitive. This car is not going to improve. We're not putting any energy into it because there's no point. We can go from being the worst team to the second worst team. Like, what's the point in doing that? Let's mm. put all of our energy into this next and the future. And I think that was a really smart investment of their time and resources for a small team. Um, and it's it's netting results already because K-Mag looked really good, didn't he? He did. He did. Fourth fastest car on the grid for the whole weekend, which is like Gene Haas has to be just the happiest guy in the world at the moment in terms of a he racing has to team be. owner. Has he to has be. to be. Oh, he got in there <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> Prior, I know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, the island time adds an yeah, extra exactly. second of delay. Uh, yeah. Freya, well, I know because we've spoken about it, just how good it was to see K-Mag back. The garage has been so happy. As I said in the last episode, uh, the social media manager for Haas has, has just been the happiest guy on the grid as <laughs> separate for Gene Haas back in America uh, because there are just so many happy faces in the Haas garage that it just makes everyone happy. Uh, that photo of Gunter coming up to Kevin after he qualified like that, like that's yeah. just, that's what you want to see, isn't it? And Absolutely. And you just, in the, the various kind of interviews and stuff with K-Mag over the weekend, you can't wipe the smile off his face and you just love to see it. And what I'm really enjoying about him as well is that he's genuinely thrilled to be there and I think um, seems to feel the privilege of being there as well in terms of going, just going, I'm so lucky to be racing in F1 again. This is my home. I love it. Um, and there's no sense of entitlement, yep. which is refreshing in comparison to his mm. predecessor. Um, so having hmm. somebody yeah, <laughs> acknowledge the, uh, the privilege of getting to race in F1 was um, really nice to see. Yeah, total shift in attitude and it's lifted the entire garage, as I've said many, many times, and I love seeing it. It it is great. And he, as you say, Freya, that sort of new reignited passion because he just wasn't thinking about Formula 1 at the beginning of this year, how lucky he is, but it means he's probably working the hardest he he has ever worked. And, of course, the result this weekend absolutely shows that. Of course, as we said, uh, the McLaren's pace was nowhere. It kind of looks like. The three slowest cars at the moment are Williams, Aston Martin and McLaren, all Mercedes-powered cars, Haas, Alfa Romeo and Ferrari on the other end of the grid and um, and anything powered by Honda is on fire. So that's not so good. Let's talk about the race, though, itself. Uh, I've got a few notes here. Um, Ocon went immediately back to racing like he was in racing point, spinning around another car. He's very good at doing that. Immediately handed a penalty. Um, but Mick Schumacher... Hats off to you, my friend. You win the Drift King Award uh, for this weekend, a full Dude. 360 and just like <laughs> pointing in the right direction uh, was Handed very, very good to see. Uh, but I think we can yeah. all agree that the uh, Racing Point, otherwise known as Alpine, uh, is an absolutely terrible looking livery fryer. Do you Ugh. agree with that? Oh, my gosh. It looks like a piece of shit. It's like these 
like someone just throwing bubble <laughs> gum down a racetrack, and it's it just reminds me of kind of seeing this. Yeah, yeah. it's gross. Oh, it's terrible. It looks so bad, and it looks slow as well. Um, in comparison, and I just mean that aesthetically. In in comparison to the other cars on the grid, um, yeah, not a fan. Yeah, yeah. BWT just needs to change their branding because this is the issue. Mm. Like mm. they're the problem. Yeah, yeah it's just not the it's colors. them as a sponsor. Change your colours if you want to be in Formula One. Otherwise, piss off. Yeah, there you go. You heard it here from uh, the chief design engineer, mechanic, head of everything to do with looking good, Tommy T, in his very oversized DR shirt. Uh, in terms of these this generation of cars, though, this is the first opportunity we've seen that they can follow. And by lap six... Freya, there was still, you could see the whole procession of cars still down the main straight in the same shot. There was not, even DR was still in, uh, is still in <laughs> shot at the very back of the grid for a couple of laps there. That is bloody good news. It's looking good so far for these new changes. Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously no one knew that's what, they, that's what they were telling us. They're going to be able to follow more closely. They'll be able to hold on for longer. We're going to be able to see battles lap to lap rather than having that battle and then people having to go and um, take time out before they come back. So it's really exciting that that's actually something that's been delivered on track. And it'll be interesting to see again if it gets maintained in different circuits and that type of thing. But um, And as people make adjustments to their car throughout the season. But it's just a relief to see that that is something, you know, in terms of promises being met. Um, as a fan and and seeing good racing, like just every lap was so good. And and Tommy T, the the constant battle it seemed that went for three or four laps was Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen going yeah. for it time and time again. And we saw previous iterations, of course, of Formula One cars where you'd have one crack and then you'd have to back off for five laps to cool everything yep. down and have a go again. To have yep. them sitting so close for so long, oh, this is just what we've needed. For sure, and then but the ability to have that counter move as well because you're not instantly stuck behind or getting dirty air thrown in your face. You can actually like throw a counter move. We saw Charles do that today. Like he Max would get through and he'd throw a move straight back at him and get back in front. Um, that's exactly what we want to see. Is like sustained battles, not just this. Oh, I'm going to slowly get up and then I'm going to throw one move down the longest straight of the race and just beat you in a breaking zone that's not exactly what we want like yes mm. it's an overtake but it's not it's not what we want really is it we want kind of like in the thick of it kind of we want dog fights is is what we want hey um <laughs> yeah well, we want an interesting <laughs> yeah. season i mean the, the mid the mid pack is so tight so close uh and the person leading that mid pack is lewis hamilton who's racing other people for the first time properly for position, including Kevin Magnuson in a Haas, still makes me like go, wow. Yes. Uh, and it's great to see. Uh, it is hopefully, in fact, we see the gap between Ferrari and the Mercedes power unit close right up so that everyone all up and down the grid has a good crack. I mean, the Renault power unit is kind of neither here nor there, but it is reliable by all accounts. They're both yep. uh, from a from a point point. point Point of view, points point of view. They both finished in the points, uh, and that is better than a lot of the Mercedes uh, car powered cars. So that's good news as well. All right, let's let's talk about team by team, uh, usual analysis, and we'll start at the very back of the grid. Confirmed that McLaren is faster than Red Bull because neither of them finished. <laughs> good. Uh, though before that happened, Max Verstappen was looking on it. Freya, it doesn't look like they've got the stronger car compared to Ferrari but Max is still hanging on to that thing and he wants this next championship, doesn't he? Oh, 100%. And he's got Perez to support him there to get it done as well, which we saw again a bit of today. Um, And I think that's going to be a really interesting battle. If we do see, 
you know, Ferrari and Red Bull both continue to be kind of those main players when it comes to um, championship, it will be quite fascinating because both of them have two such good drivers who work so well together um, as opposed Mm. to Mm -hmm. not to say that, um, you know, he didn't help in certain situations last year, but you didn't see that with Hamilton and VB last year. He was doing a lot of that work by himself. So it'll be really interesting to see those two because they've both got complete teams. Um, It's going to be really interesting to watch. Perez really stepping up uh, Tommy T and it feels like the gap to Max is a lot smaller than we've seen since DR out of anyone. Yep. No, he's definitely looked like he's improved. I think spending an off season with the team has definitely helped and he feels way more comfortable in that car. Maybe they're looking to make some concessions and move it more towards his driving style and not just like here's a replica of Max's car, deal with Hmm. a subpar Hmm. driver who can never do the same. Um, and especially with new regs is always going to help because you're starting from scratch together so they can kind of collaborate on the car more than like inherit his, his driving style. Um, but yeah, like definitely way more competitive. Just, just unlucky today, wasn't it? Like one more lap mm-hmm. and they would have got through. That's a, that's a dangerous place to lose an engine for Perez as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Mid corner and just seizes up on you is not, not great. Um, Cause it just looked like he lost the corner, but really he, he did nothing wrong and he was fine. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not really boding well for that new, uh, engine endeavor for Red Bull, is it? Well, lucky Honda's still around, but maybe they shouldn't have stayed around. It's like the opposite of what happened in 2009, although it was the opposite of what I said last week, but Freya, the, the racing that Perez is doing, the overtakes that he's doing, they're great. I mean, we're not talking and really the commentators hardly spoke about him compared to Max. Yes. Max being the champion, but he's that silent sort of performer now in the team who is there to get results. And what happens if Max falls away? Well, he's there to get a podium. And up until the last second to last lap, he absolutely was doing that. But, I mean, Christian's going to be stoked with this driver pairing, as as you said. And there'd be, at this point, looking at the first race, there'd be no reason why Perez would be worried about going anywhere else apart from Red Bull in the future. No, I don't think so. We saw snippets of it um, at the end, like towards the end of last year. And again, and it happened in, in Abu Dhabi. Um, you know, he was there to play his role. He's reliable. He's there where where you need to be um, in those moments where he, whether it's holding somebody else up or creating more of a battle um, or there to take the podium um, if, if something else happens up front. I would like to make a note of a message that I sent to you, James, at 10.52 this morning. So this is like an hour before the race finished saying, imagine if something happened to the Red Bulls and Ferrari get a one-two first race back. <laughs> Would you do that for? <laughs> <laughs> I know things. <laughs> there you go. You should do an F1 podcast. Uh, thank you for also time stamping that. Have yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. That means it was like one anyway in the morning here. I just think uh, she threw a spanner in something and like actually sabotaged those engines. Yeah. Yeah. Cayman Islands Where were you super yesterday? close to Bahrain allegedly. No one knows, <laughs> yeah. Tommy. Cayman. Just in some yeah. Cayman. Where is the Caymans? No one actually knows. Hey. <laughs> mm. It's made up. It it's like in the garage. Place. That's where it is. <laughs> 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 the saboteur. Uh, but look, positive. If they can sort out this reliability issue, which means things don't catch on fire slash just turn off slash keep failing, then that's not a, not a bad thing. But, I mean, let's be honest, brand new series of cars, something was going to go wrong with someone. 
Uh, yeah. We've seen, obviously, Red Bull suffer from that reliability issue in the past. Under the Renault era, we know Danny Rick suffered a lot of that too. So I don't wish that upon them because if it's going to keep happening all the way to the end of the race where they're looking strong, 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 and then nothing, then that's like we don't want that. We don't want Ferrari to run away with the championship because I'm already sick of Ferrari winning. I remember when Lewis Hamilton used to win races. Um, anyway, so let's talk about McLaren then because they have the most work to do out of any team on the grid DR ended up finishing in 14th ahead of Lando in 15th. There is some solace from an Australian point of view to see that he outperformed his teammate, but for both of them, it is exceptionally disappointing. Zach Brown, maybe this is just the proof that Apple is better than Android, Tommy T? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm the first one to stand up for Apple products being superior, but that's because I do design. Otherwise, <laughs> they're kind of annoying and, over- and expensive, but yeah. Yes. Uh, it's It's not a good start, is it? Um, I've got hope that this is just a one-off and they're just kind of, they just had a, a run of bad luck and fingers crossed it's it's just a, a, a blip and it's not really indicative of what's coming for the rest of the season. Uh, I, yeah. I don't have anything to back that up, but that's just what I'm hoping. <laughs> You're not holding on to hope. He can still yeah. be world driver champion, right? <clears throat> right, guys? Yeah. You're telling me there's a chance? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a chance. Well, there is absolutely a chance still. Uh, He's got the same the points couple. as uh, Max. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Good. See? And they're faster than Red Bull. That's why, that's why, why you're here, Tommy T. Thank you for coming. Uh, yeah, Freya, Lando, though, as Tommy T mentioned before, did a lot of the work uh, in testing in Bahrain. So he traveled a lot of this track. I think it was the safety car that was unfortunate for him. He had a very slow pit stop as well. Of course, these tires now being bigger, being 18-inch, there's more uh margin for error did we notice as well that the pit stops were slightly longer than what we've seen with those smaller tires so the the whole package i think probably for mclaren they need to go away and have a proper look at it but how are they going to pull themselves together for the next race which is also in the yeah it's it is a little bit worrying but you hope that they will take what they can learn from today's race um and and make some changes don't know what they're going to be um but you worry about them on on any of the tracks that are similar as we've said there's a lot of them Right, so it's um it's concerning if that's not going to be something that they can deliver on. Um, but I think the other thing which will be interesting for those two is seeing how they if they're able to work together a bit as well. Because again, we've seen how much more successful for both individuals as well as a team when you've got both drivers working together um, really really effectively. I mean, it's not surprising and it's not rocket science, obviously. And but my question is whether or not those two will be able to do that. Um, which I mean, they've done it once before. But that's actually the only real time we've seen it. So I'd be interested to see if they Mm. do more of that this season. We'll get back to the Grand Prix review in just a moment. But I wanted to ask you a small favour. We're into our fourth year of being an independent podcast, free from advertising and paywalls here at Lakeside Drive. Whilst we might change that in the future, for now at least, we are all here as fans just like you. But we do need your support. There's three things that you can do right now to help us. The first is to leave a rating or review on your podcast app of choice. You can even now rate us on Spotify mobile devices. The second thing you can do is follow us on our socials. The link is in the description below, including subscribing to our YouTube channel or our Discord server. And finally, you can tell two F1 loving or drive to survive adoring friends about us. We know there's a solid 1,000 of you out there all over the world, and we can't thank you enough for being here with us on this journey. But we also don't want others to miss out. 
We're hoping to get to 10,000 downloads per episode by the end of the year, and we need your help to do that. Well, that's it from me for now. Let's get back into this episode. Aston Martin not looking strong at all. Uh, Mike Crack has a lot to do. (laughs) We haven't spoken about the fact that Mike Crack is now the uh, team principal of Aston Martin. Uh, The hope, I think, from the Stroll family, Tommy T, was that uh, he would be the one to come in and solve all the problems because, of course, uh, Otmar has absolutely no idea what he's doing. Uh, Doesn't seem that way, (laughs) though, but Hockenberg in 17th, Stroll in 12th, yeah, it's it's not looking good, is it? And that was a stroll twelfth from just being opportunistic and not actually indicative of pace. That was just like yep. being right place, right time, safety car kind of stuff, which is classic stroll as well, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good, is it? I think, I think they're gonna. I've actually put them down as I think they're gonna be the worst team this year. Um, I predicted that last week. Um, I, I wrote it down, but I didn't. Send it to anyone. So Do you got a timestamp? You've got to send it. You've got to send it, mate. It doesn't count. <laughs> got a proof of life, Tommy <laughs> T. I know. Damn it. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, I've got in my you. note. I haven't edited it, so it still looks the same. Oh, there you go. Note. I don't there believe you. Go, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't think they're going to have a good season. I think this is going to be a really sh- a real struggle, and I can't wait for the dummy spit from Stroll, Junior and Senior, when this mm-hmm. all goes to crap, and they're basically just a marketing exercise and a branding machine. Um, and I feel really sorry for Seb that mm. he's going to have to do with that when he gets back. Yeah. Because we want to see Seb competitive because he was competitive last year when given the opportunity. Yep. Um, when when the, the right weekend was there, I mean, he was, he was coming second, potentially going to win a race um, multiple times last year uh, yep. and just couldn't get it done. But fingers crossed that's not the case and I'm wrong, but it's looking that way, isn't it? It is. And look, maybe this is, as we said, a, uh, a power unit upgrade that Mercedes needs to bring to the next race. They've got some time to, to sort that and maybe that will help it along before Seb jumps back in the car. Hopefully he doesn't test positive again. So that allows that to happen. But uh, the team that didn't make the most gains forward this, so far this year at least, is Williams. Uh, Latifi qualifying poorly in 20th. Uh, but Albon. Back in the car, quietly achieving again. He was in uh, up in 14th. He said he felt pretty good. Um, he finished the race in 13th and Latifi in 16th. So they are moving slightly forward, but, of course, with two Red Bull DNFs and a DNF from Pierre Gasly as well, that's sort of what's helped that along a little bit as well. But TT, is this a sign that Albon is going to be absolutely definitely driver in this car? I don't know if it's oh, – I wouldn't say yet, but it does look that way. And you'd think his experience would would trump Nick's. Um, but I don't know. Too early to say. I think let's go three races and then we'll, we'll have a more clear picture. But I really hope Nick Latifi can get it done and it's a bit more even. That would be nice. Yes. Because we do like him a lot. He's a really nice guy. We do. And, and yes, it'd for be our nice Canadian listeners, they well. also like him a lot. They have to. Mm, yes. That's the law. That's Justin Trudeau who's passed brilliant. that law, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> in <Favorite> Canada. <laughs> but Freya, I mean, nicest uh, grid on the team. Uh, Alex Albon, though, looked pretty happy uh, to be back in Formula 1, didn't he, through qualifying as well, of course, as through the race. But And the car looks good as well. I mean, he's got a, a future now ahead of him, doesn't he, even if it's not in that Red Bull seat alongside Max. And I think that's not the right place for him to be, to be entirely honest. And, we, and we've seen that 
you know, um, it's obviously he's learned a lot there. I wouldn't mind bringing, he's bringing a lot of that with him. Um, but I think just by looking at what we know about Williams, um, his, and obviously his driver pairing as well, I think it's a really good place for him to be. He does look happy um, and um, it seems like a much better fit for him. Um, I just hope that he can achieve stuff with them as well. Um, I think, you know, all of that only matters if you can still get some results. Um, so I just hope that he and Latifi as well are actually able to do something with it because um, it's just, yeah, I almost had to remind myself that Latifi existed again during that. <laughs> quickly, quickly has overtaken the Giovinazzi. He's become Giovinazzi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, had to remind oh dear, myself. poor Nicky. Yeah. But how good, uh, just to throw back to Drive to Survive for a moment, how good's Jos Capito? Like he's clearly that winning mentality yeah. is there. Uh, he is very, very well regarded and well loved by all motorsport series, it seems. He's sort of tried his hand at everything. But for for the team's progression, I mean, he'd be not stoked. He would want to have scored at least some points this weekend. Uh, but look, it looks like they're going in the right direction. The problem is everyone else is going in the right or better direction. So hopefully there's a bit more investment to come in the car, of course. But Alpha Tauri, Pierre Gasly didn't finish and Sunoda in eighth, Freya. That's, uh, that's a nod to a podium potential maybe for this year if he can, <laughs> if he can do a random Gasly and pull a win out of the bag at Monza. Although, as we also said, Sonoda only seems to race well in the desert under lights, so that does limit his potential somewhat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But Two races no, in a row, he though, he gets. Yeah, that's true, exactly. And you get some momentum from that as well and hopefully some confidence that he can take into the rest of the season if he's able to do well in the next race as well. Um, I was busy being sold, like, pharmaceutical and products and um, crypto <laughs> right at the point at which... Gasly, it's like I mean, you can still see um, on the on the broadcast that we get over here, like a, in the tiny little corner, the race. You know, the thing that you're actually trying to watch. I was like, is there a car on fire? What yep. is going on? I kind of missed that part, which was which was really uh, annoying. Who puts ads through a race? Come on, Cayman Islands, lift, be better. <laughs> No one no, wants to buy Americans. a crypto whilst watching it. Formula One. There's enough crypto investment <laughs> on the side of the car. Just leave it at that. <laughs> Surely Mark Wahlberg or Matt Damon's around there somewhere doing something. Um, yeah. But for, for you, <laughs> Pierre Gasly, though, Freya, I mean, he he was a great performer in that AlphaTauri. It seems like he's still comfortably he, uh, qualified in 10th. Uh, but didn't obviously finish because he was on fire, but was still having a good run, had some good midfield battles as well. This is still a good place for him to be, though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Until that point, he was doing what he needed to do. Um, and I think like also for Gasly, you kind of go, where else is he going to go, really? Um, I don't really see there being another option for him outside of AlphaTauri. So um, as long as he keeps performing there and hopefully helping Yuki come with him as well um, so he doesn't end up carrying the team like he did last year because Gasly is, in fact, excellent. It's really good when Campy's not here and I don't mm-hmm. have to actually have that yes. rebutted. All um, three of us can agree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, hopefully he doesn't have that to work nice. quite so hard to, to carry the team into the points this year. Yeah, it is a nice. It's actually very nice to not have heavy breathing and uh, just nice, positive, forward-moving conversation. Tommy, too, we're not used to it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, but the Alpines, though, both finishing the points. Fernando Alonso ninth, Esteban Ocon in seventh. 
Otmar Safnaud's going very well in his new, very old, familiar-looking team, but new team in uh, in Alpine. Yeah. It's good yeah. for them to – I mean, they're only Renault-powered car on the grid, so they need to be up in that position. But, I mean, being around the, the fifth, sixth fastest car, not a, not a bad start. And Fernando no. still looking racy, even though he's very – oh, he's ancient in comparison to the old people on the grid. <laughs> he is. No, he's, he's looking good. He qualified boomers. well too. <laughs> yeah. Is there one? It seems really old. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, look, he's still the the Boomer Plus generation doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much to both of you, bloody young whippersnappers that you are. Uh, but for, for them, though, for this season, Tommy T, is there much – more do you think that they can do or do you think they're relegated right to that in that sort of inner mid-pack fight because this is where they were with AlphaTauri last year? As, as much as we don't like Ocon, I think that driver pairing is going to be really consistent and they're going to be consistently kind of both getting points, even if it is just kind of scraping the end of that points haul every week. But I think you'll see two cars getting points most weeks. So I think that's what's going to keep them in there. Um, and then you're going to have those odd occasions when they just like luck into something or they have a really like specific track that they dominate that we've seen Renault be very good at in the past as well. Looking back to Danny Rick's times when just yeah out of nowhere they'd have one race. You're like, this thing looks ridiculous. This is the best <laughs> car out there. And then <laughs> the week after it's back to being useless. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, that's that's what that's what they've been for the last five, six years. So I think they're gonna hold steady with that. Just the way they design cars is very specific around a style. Um and I think that's it, it's not overarching like we see every other car um that does well, but it is very specifically good in certain spots. And Alonso's just outstanding. He's gonna get the most mm. out of that as well. He's gonna find mm-hmm. ways to cheat and sneak through and <laughs> just Allegedly. get it done. <laughs> I mean, if if it's there, there's an escape road. You got to use it. Yeah, you just got to go through the bollards. So <laughs> all the time, you need to use all of the roads. <laughs> Fernando Alonso, That's probably uh, two teams that I just bring absolute joy to me for being this far up the grid. Uh, we'll start with Alfa Romeo. Valtteri Bottas, he had a terrible start though, which was not so good. Yeah. Feel like he didn't even engage the uh, engage the clutch. But anyway, he finished in sixth, which was epic. He qualified in sixth. That is a good good outing for Alfa Romeo. They'll be very very happy with that. And uh, Joe Guan Yu in tenth, double points finish. It's kind of sad because I kind of wanted Schumacher to get it, but that's okay. We'll we'll stay there, showing mm-hmm. everyone that he's not just a pay driver, uh, and that he's got the skills. He was competing against a lot of the mid-pack. He was, he was racing incredibly well. He yep. p- put it to Schumacher, and he was out on top. So by all accounts, for his first Grand Prix, bloody great job. Uh, and, and I'm excited actually to see yep. what this driver pairing can do because Valtteri Bottas is a machine. Freya, he is the happiest-looking driver on that grid when he outqualified George Russell. Let the meme continue. Uh, the the happy looking back to Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton crashing and then looking ahead <laughs> meme. Absolutely yeah. fantastic for me. But uh, so it's exactly what he needed, isn't it? And he's chosen the right time to leave Mercedes power units and go to Ferrari, hasn't he? I was about to say, he got that timing right, much like myself. He obviously knows things. Um, but watching <laughs> VB... <laughs> 
But uh, watching VB out-qualify Russell was just um, amazing to see. Um, and you really hope that he's kind of teaching a lot both to his, um, you know, to the other driver and also to the team. Um, but, yeah, and then for Joe finishing first race ever in points in a team that where it's unexpected, that's a good result for him. It's a great start to his career. Um, so I'm excited for Alfa Romeo this year for sure. And I remembered that both of their drivers existed, which is a good start too. So... <laughs> I know. It's yeah. odd. You're not used to seeing that from Alpha. I think no. Joe kind of has always been a really good driver and consistent driver. I don't if, I don't think we've ever thought of him as being this like world-beating talent, but he's always mm. been very solid and consistent. And I think that's just going to show out this year. He's going to get good points when the car's doing well. He's not going to make silly mistakes and, and bin it and do stupid things. But I, this is a great first showing like, as good as you can ask for, he got points. Like, that's a great start. Um, when we expected probably Alpha to be much lower down, I reckon that whole garage will be stoked with this, won't they? It's funny that you, we come from years of how it's been to this absolutely what feels like topsy-turvy and going, what is happening? But this generally used to be what Formula 1 was like where we'd have different constructors with slight rule changes make some real gains. And, of course, we haven't had that with that Mercedes dominance in the last couple of years. There were Ferrari was challenging at one point with Seb and they sort of fell back and Max was a little bit as well and then fell back until last year. So this is this is exactly what the sport needed, new regulations to literally shake everything up. Of course, we wish that DR wasn't on the suffering end of that. But conversely, look at the rest of the grid and for someone like Valtteri Bottas who everyone's like, oh, well, mate, you're going back backwards to a team towards the back of the grid. Well, at the end of the day, he finished in six, uh, only two places behind the person who took his seat, which if Alfa Romeo did that last year in Kimi Räikkönen or Giovinazzi, the world would have broken in half. That's just how the scenes would have been in Italy. So for, for that, I think but, it's absolutely great. But like which garage would you prefer to be in? The one where Bottas has done this or to be in, in the Mercedes garage where they've underperformed and... It's, it's a very negative connotation. They'll be over the moon in Alpha and that energy is mm. going to be so much better. So I think the environment for him is just like the results, not that different. It's one place, but just the way it's perceived, the energy around the team and everything is going to be drastically different. This is a positive for Alpha and it would be a negative for Mercedes. So yeah. I think he's made the right decision yeah. and he's going to have such Agreed. a good season because he's just in that right environment. Yep. And he deserves to have a good season. I mean, we saw again in Drive to Survive just how much he... <laughs> suffered, struggled under the pressure and, of course, in the decision and how that was made. So for this then to be, you know, him putting it to, to George and Quali and, f you know, for whatever reasons that George didn't didn't outperform Valtteri is what it is. But yep. he is still a great driver uh, and that's really good to see. And the as you say, the energy in, this, in every Ferrari-powered garage this weekend was yep. absolute elation. Uh, Haas is, the, the, I think, my favourite, though. Of course, Ferrari have won more recently, but for K-Mag to finish fifth is epic. Schumacher just outside the points in 11th. I mean, it's unfortunate he had that that spin around. If, if Ocon didn't spin him around, then what would have happened in terms of tyre deg and pit stops and safety cars and potentially he would have been able to, to be towards that front, uh, closer towards where K-Mag finished potentially. But this is just... Great, Freya. From a everyone feeling bloody stoked point of view, Haas has got this momentum now that they didn't stuff up any of the pit stops. It's not like 2018 or 17 where there was good forward momentum and then something failed them. They seem to be a cohesive unit now, don't they? And it's only very recently that that's happened. 
Oh, absolutely. And as you kind of talking about earlier, it's the same when you look around um, the engineers and garage and the general attitude there, it's shifted massively. Um, it's so so incredibly telling, I think, with that change in their environment, how much of an impact it's going to have on how they all feel about the roles that they play, both within the team, but then also to, to the sport. You know, it's as much as we can say it's it's great to see them being successful um, in the way that they've been this weekend. It's also not fun watching a group suffer like that. You know, having watching a team mm. go in every weekend going, oh, you know, we'll be last or second last and will our drivers crash into each other or somebody else? Like, that's not enjoyable for people to see. So I think while we can appreciate the good stuff that we're seeing, it's also just nice not to be seeing um, that that team and the and everyone who's in it suffer as well like that that's not enjoyable so um it's good again and it's good for the sport it's good for the sport when every team as you know with, with, might might have is competitive highly competitive with both your drivers there i was kind of like you as um yeah i wanted schumacher to get into the points so i think it just would have been again an epic start to the season for them but then i was also um not unhappy about the fact that it was um uh Alpha who who pipped them, so it's mm. all right. <laughs> and to finish in eleventh, I mean that's Schumacher. Um, he's got to be happy with that. Again, there was the spin, so who knows what could have been. But he's got Kevin now, who has absolutely, as you say, changed the the nature of the garage, which is changing his nature on his side of the garage as well. The team as a whole is lifting. It's more positive momentum. The amount of data that they would be sharing, as you mentioned earlier, Freya, in terms of how K Mag. Uh, feels and how his attitude is now, he'll be sharing as much as he can to make sure Haas get up. He's got a multi-year deal. Gene Haas is is putting more money in as a result of what happened with the former sponsor leaving. So there's investment coming downrange. He's going to want to be a team player and Schumacher is in the best position to learn from him and K-Mag can drive a Formula 1 car. There is absolutely no question in my mind after watching this weekend, after being out of it for so long, after not racing the calibre of people that he was racing, Perez and Hamilton, and he was immediately sort of felt at home. Oh, yeah, you send it a little deep maybe occasionally in the first couple of laps, but still learning the car like everyone else. And he's had some time out. But Tommy T, for you, for Haas, third fastest car on the grid this weekend. I mean, it is just exactly what yep. the sport needs. Remember when I was early on Haas? I think I was just way too early. Here we go. <laughs> this was like our first <laughs> 2000 That was my favorite early 2020. <laughs> Should we get a timestamp up? I'm sure I can I find like, I really the like episode that you said it. <laughs> I was like, I like what they're doing. I'm into it. I like it. And then just it just instantly went downhill and I ruined everything for them. Um, <laughs> I think they've got so much potential from every aspect, from performance, from – the marketing side of things, they mm. are the American team that has so much untapped potential. We've got two big American races, let alone like the North American, South American part of the calendar. So there's such a market out there for, to grow in the sport, which we've seen like both of the US races have sold out like yep. instantly. Yep. It's insane. We're going to see sure a lot have. more support. <laughs> 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 yeah. RIP and peace trying to get tickets for right? yeah. <laughs> But I think them doing well for the sport is just going to be a tenfold like value for everyone in F1 is going to benefit from them being good. Um, and really nice driver pairing, really nice team. Like I think everything about them is just is good. I re- we, we love Gunter and I think both drivers are really likable and we're going to see, I mean, Mazepin 
was kind of the polar opposite to K-Mag, wasn't he? Mm. Like K-Mag is mm. just this like this lovely person and he's got this second chance almost it feels like. So he's just so appreciative of everything. He's smiling. He's happy. And yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how they do this season. Yeah, it is it is so good. It, it's Whilst I'm so sad and feeling very, very, very sad about DR, there's just something about K-Mag's return and how good he has performed this weekend that is making me happy and I'm here for that. Uh, Mercedes. And it's my fantasy we- team. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, with, uh, oh, no, K-Mag was in my fantasy team too. I also had DR, error, and I had McLaren, error. I can tell you I'm binning McLaren and putting Hass in because that'll be cheap and I'm going to put in Leclerc, Sainz, Hamilton, Verstappen, just put all of the top-tier drivers in Hass. Um but for Mercedes, yes, look, Hamilton getting a podium, didn't think he'd get there. Uh, certainly not the fastest two cars on the grid at the moment, this is Mercedes. But for for Russell being in fourth, of course, I mean, that's where he should be really. And probably this year he won't be outperforming Hamilton. Uh, Tommy T, as our resident expert at all things looking good, Hamilton has ditched the purple and is gone back to yellow which uh, mm. maybe is a sign of, of his mental state too and trying to do a full reset ahead of this year, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, looks a little bit more fluoro than the traditional yellow, which Lando Norris then said, thank you for doing a tribute helmet for me. And then he came back saying, I'm pretty sure I was wearing this colour before you were born, so actually yours is a tribute to me. Thank you for that. Such a boomer response from <laughs> Hamilton. Just, like, <laughs> just doesn't get the joke. Just come on, mate. Dude, just got to play into it. He got too serious with the joke. That's just, you got to roll with it. Yes and, mate, come on. (laughs) He would have been better. You're better than that, Hamilton. (sighs) But, no, I think we're going to see a really consistent Hamilton milking everything out of that car, at least until they can kind of get their their shit together. Um, But, like, the the thing that was impressive today for for, for me about Hamilton was it wasn't going his way. He was on for like fifth or sixth, did not stop, was still on it, was still pushing, was still giving it absolutely everything mm. and deserved that podium. Like mm. because he's he's there, he's opportunistic. Like every other driver sitting in that position goes, well, I'll just hold, hold here then, won't I? Like why am I going to absolutely push? Why am I going to remain in it to just have maybe one more position or keep the same result? But he will always push and you never know. The amount of times that guy has – had a crash, had an incident, yeah. been at the back of the pack and still come through for podiums or wins is ridiculous. And I, it's, I still don't understand it in my head how someone can end up at the back and then still win. I was like, well, why can't anyone win at any point? But they never can. Only he can do those kind of things and that's insane. So I think we're going to see a more opportunistic because he doesn't have the machinery this year that he has in the past to do that, but outstanding effort as always from Hamilton like you can never question that guy's ability just to give it absolutely everything on a Sunday yeah Freya I mean obviously big issues for for him at the end of last year took some time off social media came back looks incredibly strong refreshed but positive you know the way that he qualified didn't qualify anywhere near his his normal position uh he qualified him fifth but was happy with the result came out and said no this is good for us so where we were we didn't think we'd be here so this is good this is the side of Hamilton that we haven't seen for a long time but I think how he performed in losing last year. I thought he did an incredible job at being very humble in that moment um, and respecting Max. I know I said that a lot last year, but it seems like he's carried this over for this year. Yes, new helmet, colour design and everything else. But that actually is also really great for George to see 
to hopefully inspire him to be that kind of racer as well. Oh, totally. And I think, you know, I'm not a huge Lewis fan just from a fan supporting perspective, but you cannot argue with his professionalism at the end of last season and how he's gone about the start of this season. Um, and to your point, you know, when the opportunity is there, um, he's right where he was right where he needed to be doing the best he could with that car and had the sticking ability in order to be in that position when the opportunity came right at the end of the race. It would be it's very easy, I think, in moments like that to count yourself out and say, you know, no, nah, they're just they're miles ahead of us and and they were. Um, but it doesn't mean that you won't have an opportunity later in the race. So I think just his his professionalism, um, you know, you, you can't question that. Um, and and also the fact that he doesn't count himself out, to your point, Tommy, when he's right at the back, he still hasn't written off a podium for himself. And that mindset in terms of a winning mindset is, crazy. Is, is quite incredible. Um, and from a from an individual perspective, he obviously, you know, he, he will never count himself out from a podium, even if he's at the back of the grid. Um, and it'll be interesting to see for teams that are not used to performing at that level um, in terms of results mm. to see what adjustments they have to make as well. You know, you think about Haas and they've had such a big change. It's often actually a good opportunity to kind of do more things because you're, I suppose, in a bit of a change mindset already. Um, but for teams that are not used to winning and performing, um, to see how they respond to that pressure will be quite interesting. Um, I mean, kind of beyond the drivers themselves and more about the broader organisation, I suppose. Mm. Um to see if they are able to respond to that pressure and kind of really adapt to actually having a winning mindset in in, in everything they do and how they approach the entire season. Um, but you know that's just something that that Hamilton's kind of grown and finessed over over his years. He's an absolute professional, and that's all I'll ever say that's positive about him. End there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Goodness me, that's, that's very good though. Very good. Very well I don't said. Know if the hat it's doing. But weird George Russell. Yes, I mean, maybe just put it on the side, see how that is as we talk about this young driver, this young whippersnapper. Uh, coming in fourth, as I said, he needed to do what he needed to do and that's what he needed to do was just to slot in behind Hamilton and, and follow him along. Uh, didn't see a lot. It wasn't wasn't sort of up there, but I mean, it's a good points finish for him, for Mercedes. They're, we'll be sitting now second in the uh, Constructors' Championship, which is exactly what they needed to do. But for for him learning from Hamilton now, it, it is absolutely st- still respect, isn't it, Tommy T, in terms of how he's performing. There is massive respect to Lewis. He's not trying to, to come in and sort of elbows out and take the team for himself, which some people said that he potentially would do. But it's good to see that there is still that honour for the older generation, <laughs> for the boomers. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon <laughs> I would have loved a, I would have loved a radio message. Uh, this guy's slow. Can we move him out the way? Like, let's get, let's get the old fella out the way. Is I'm it coming time through. for the trolley to come around? Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved for that. Um, but no, I think you're right. He he knows he has to fall in place. Like, he probably got there and he's like, oh, I didn't realize how different uh, Hamilton is to everyone else. He works so hard. He does so much. Mm. I don't think George knew that before he kind of signed on and got to probably the facility and was like, holy crap, this guy is relentless and just constantly better than everyone Um, and probably just put himself back in his place. Because I think his attitude going in was like, I don't care. I'm here to be the top dog and that's what I've got to shoot for. And you kind of have to have that to be an elite athlete, I'm sure, in some – but you've also got to have some realism and understand where you fit in the hierarchy of that – environment of Mercedes because if you're constantly just stepping on Hamilton and not playing ball, it's not going to end well for for anyone. So he's kind of 
bide your time. Hamilton's not going to be around forever, mate. I think that's what he's got to think about. It's like, okay, I've got a two-year apprenticeship under Hamilton maybe. Um, and then he'll probably drive off into the summer and then we can, he can have his own lane. There it, like there it is. <laughs> there it is. Thank you so much. Bring it Freya, back. did you have something to add? Oh, no, I was going to say I, I kind of agree there in terms of going it's not going to benefit him, him in the immediate or long term to try and battle unnecessarily for number one driver position mm. with Mercedes as long as he's racing against Hamilton. Um, he has such an opportunity to learn in front of him. Um, and as you say, he's, he's not going to be around forever. So just absorb everything you can over the next year or so. Um, and obviously, you know, doesn't mean that you're not going to go and win races and everything else, but um, mm. not to create that, um, that friction where, where it's completely unnecessary and, and won't benefit him, um, like I said, in, in the short term in terms of results and, and long term in terms of, um, you know, being known as somebody who is a certain... I suppose, you know, when it comes to what he's like to work with, you're creating a reputation for yourself as well. So mm. um, going in, going home to a team like that with someone like Hamilton wouldn't benefit him in the long term. So it's good to see no, that yeah. he's that he's right behind him 100% mm. um, and doing what he needs to do. I think you're absolutely right with that. Ferrari, oh, happy to focus everywhere, one, two, scenes, scenes everywhere. I can only imagine Italy right now scenes. is still celebrating uh, Carlos Sainz second and Charles Leclerc first, of course, but Carlos Sainz, not a happy boy. Uh, he wasn't happy in qualifying as well. He was not very sure why he lost so much time to Charles. Uh, of course, last year he beat Charles in the uh, constru- sorry in the Drivers' Championship. So for him, he thought he was going to be top dog. It's good, though. They're going to be pushing each other. But this is Tommy T where the meat is on the table. So we will see if there is such happy, <laughs> happy times in Ferrari like there have been in previous years in terms of uh, a, a cohesive driver pairing, especially for last year with these two, and see what meat is, is left. No salads, no bread, no no golden vegetable. Stupid ordering system by Campy, to be honest, but it's uh, uh. it's there. But happy Tifosi, <laughs> happy Mattia Bonotto. Um, it's the most we've seen of him yep. for the last couple of years. It seems like his plan has worked. Yeah. But I think that's what they needed. They needed two years kind of, it seemed, out of the limelight, out of being constantly in every headline and cheating and all those kind of things. And now they they just quietly did all their business, set up a really good car, focused on it all last season, it seemed. And, I mean, they were still competitive last year. They still beat McLaren last year. Uh, mm. But they definitely were focusing on this year and it showed. Um, yeah, I was a bit interested to see why Signs wasn't as competitive as Leclerc. Uh, I thought it would have been Signs, and I've picked him to beat Leclerc. But yeah, very interesting. And I mean, it's the first race. Who knows? Everyone's still working at little kinks in these cars, so there might end up being something that they've found. But a great start. I mean, picture perfect. You have pole position. You have fastest lap. You have a one-two. You literally can't do it better than that. That is mm. the perfect start to a season for Ferrari. And he, uh, it's about time for Charles Leclerc for him to win in Bahrain. You know, he almost won in 2019, didn't he? And he had that that failure. Freya, it's uh, he was the driver of the day, was on pole, fastest lap, and he won the race. I mean, he took out all of it for his attitude and confidence. Now for the rest of the season, he will be buoyant going forward. 
Oh, absolutely. And like you said, it's kind of it's it's about time. So he had he had some luck, especially after Monaco last year as well. Um, it's I'm I'm a prefer Carlos, but um, Carlos is going to be my my favorite Ferrari driver yes. still. Yes. But um, yep. at the same time, I was glad to see him him have some luck because I feel like he had a few bad runs. Um, and it's just awesome to see the both of them up there again as a pairing. Mm. I think Ferrari have just absolutely nailed it. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see what they they do this season. Well, very, very, very happy to have them back towards the front of the grid. Everyone loves Ferrari until they start dominating, and then no one loves Ferrari, (laughs) so we'll just give that two years. Uh, Well, that's uh, team-by-team analysis done, and it's now time to turn to my favourite part of the podcast, and that is the fantasy names. Fantasy. 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 talk about this year uh, I want to congratulate Lydia Smidmore from 2021's competition with my favorite it certainly was Tommy's favorite Tommy was uh, actually at my place when this was uh, this was the name for the Monaco Grand Prix last year Campy loves a consummate professional um, and an honorable mention to Anna uh, for apparently ghost writing a lot of those names for Lydia so <laughs> well done uh, to you That's both right. and of course Lydia now you've got your choice of merch current merch or the merch that Tommy T will be designing in a little while uh, if you want to join our fantasy league competition please do so there's 117 of you already which is probably more than last year uh, before we even get started and uh, as a result there are heaps of bloody good names this <laughs> list is incredibly long um, the two two things uh, uh, I'm not going to read out your name Freya because I still don't understand it you have to explain it to me and <laughs> Manus neither are you because it was too good initially and you don't get free merch well you do probably do but only because you're a presenter rather than you're going to win the competition so you're immediately in the bin um, here we go win. strap in for, for this you're not in Kansas anymore Toto Jared C it's called a motor racing Toto Krish F zero pods zero wins Trent K people intolerant of other cultures and the Dutch Tanner W, <laughs> get the sandbags off. Joshua T, has anyone seen my sponsors? John M, too like early that. to think of a witty name. Dilvo P, Lakeside Drive Rubbish Collection Service. Michael S, I hope you've got a lot of trucks. <laughs> Where does Lewis go when he gets in there? Blair H, it's a great <laughs> question, Blair, and I've never thought of it. And I read that, and went, mm, it's actually, it's so a very, very good point. Um, I learned English in a pub. Richard L, probably the first time he also had fish and chips as well. Insert pun of he who cannot be named racing, Jason C. It's weird that we're talking about Peter Dutton a lot. It's very bizarre. Uh, this is great. <laughs> I'm not a Freya the Dark, Nicholas H. Uh, very, I had to very read good. that out loud to make sense of it. I was like, what? I'm not a Freya in the Dark. I don't get it. Big fan of that. Oh, wait a second. Uh, yes, Michael. Yes, Mitch M. <laughs> Crunchy Bumper. This was also great in Drive to Survive. We know Toto loves some Crunchy Bumper Nickel. Uh, Daniel B, very good. Hulk in time, Daniel T. Just strolling into 2022, Harrison P. Oil money, greater than fertilizer money. Samuel R. It's called a motor race, Naomi D. He has a few of these in here. Meat on the table, Matt J. And also, Matt, thank you for uh, that link, of course, to the Reddit thread for Sydney. <laughs> and welcome to all of our new Reddit friends from the Sydney thread. Hulk and back 2.0, Electric Boogaloo, Josh C. 
Campy and the Big Poor Poise, Kevin A, Ricargo, didn't go very fast, Amy Q, Kevin Magnuson 07, Samuel H, My Life Poor Poise, Harrison Z, Heavy Vettel, <laughs> Ashley W, Mazza Bind, Jessica Q, Toto's Turtleneck, Sam A, I thought this was an AFL fantasy league, Callan S, Porpoise Foil <laughs> Racing, Catherine L, Clappin for Verstappen, uh, Olaith, uh, in the words of DR, what if I'm just a C word? Haley H, Hulkenback, back again, Addy T, uh, race with porpoise, Alex B. This is just going to be the word that kills me trying to pronounce that all year. Uh, Crashing Campy's Wedding, TA from Canada. So that was, I didn't see you there unless you were there, which was a good crash from you. Uh, Season opener at Melbourne would have been better. Yes, agreed, Kelly W. And to finish on what seems to be a Simpsons joke, Mike (laughs) Crack. Has anyone seen Mike Crack? Uh, Steen N. Uh, That is is a huge list. And already we're, we're very, very, very good competition right from the very beginning. Well, that is the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy this, please feel free to leave us a rating. You can now do that on Spotify and you can leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Tell some friends. Join the Discord. We had a great chat this morning with the dumb Australians that were up with us. It's mainly just Tommy T and myself. Uh, And uh, we love your feedback. If you want to get in touch, you can message, DM the Instagram page or you can shoot through an email. All those links are in the description. But Freya, thank you so much for joining us from the Red Bull Garage. No worries. It's my home after all. (laughs) (laughs) And Tommy T, mate, uh, great to see you. Thank you for wearing a very oversized DR shirt. Uh, And looking forward to seeing what happens in Saudi Arabia. It is time to say goodbye. We'll see you in the next episode. Because you're now, you're now the Jeremy Clarkson of the show. Welcome. You got to turn it on. Um, Tommy T is absolutely James May. <clears throat> what are your whole thoughts? Yep. If wait, if I, does that right mean now. I get to buy a Lamborghini tractor? Yes. If no, that you. That's my role. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to buy. You already have one, and cool. you have Hawks, mate. You can feel free to I mean, to push Hawkstone Lager too. That's uh, it's your new favorite beer, and beer. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.